And as you are, I invite you to uh, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 15. Uh, And if you don't have a Bible of your own with you today, you should be able to find one in the pew rack in front of you. Uh, And if you don't have a Bible at all, we'd invite you to take that as a gift from us to you. And as uh, Lori has already welcomed you, if you're newer with us, my name is Brian and I have the privilege to uh, be one of the pastors here. And as you're flipping through your Bible there, your smartphone or whatever it is you're you're using, um, just a little bit of a public service announcement. Uh, As you've seen both in the video and in Lori's announcement, uh, we are excited for Room for Doubt to kick off next weekend. And with that, we are expecting uh, many guests, uh, particularly at, uh, it seems, the service that guests most want to come is, uh, they don't want to come at eight because they're normal and they want to sleep some. (laughs) And so they tend to come at 9.20, this, this service, and the 10.50, the following service. And so um, in preparations for that, you can actually serve reaching our community through the service that you attend next weekend. And so if you're able, uh, if you don't have kids in kids' ministry and you're able to come to the 8 a.m., um, you might do that, or even the 5 p.m. on Saturday should have some room in it. Uh, but then even if you, you uh, do come to this one or the next one, we will have overflow seating in our Mosaic Cafe Uh, So you might check that out. It'll be a different kind of vibe to worship together in. And so, uh, again, that'll be this upcoming week. We think it would be stupendous if you would either uh, attend the five or the eight or uh, worship in the overflow. Uh, So stupendous, in fact, that I promise never to use the word stupendous in a sermon again. (laughs) Deal? Okay. All right. All right. So speaking of overflow... I want to talk to you today about how you can overflow grace in your life. You like that seamless transition? Lori taught me how to do that. Uh, We work hard on this stuff for you all. All right. I want to jump right into a verse that you could say captures not only uh, the entire message of today, but arguably the entire series and the entire book of Romans that we've been looking at. So if you haven't been with us, no problem. You get to cheat. We're going to get you caught up here in just one verse uh, that's part of our passage. It's chapter 15, uh, verse 13 in the book of Romans. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter, and he says this is essentially what Romans, uh, and frankly, the Christian faith is all about. He says, May the God of hope fill you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may then overflow with that same grace, with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's it. If you had to sum up the entire book of Romans, this entire series, uh, as Pastor Wayne has, has really carried us through that verse, uh, each week he has showed, uh, showed and shared how uh, the book of Romans is a series of whereas or because of this statements that gets us to this therefore understanding that whereas or because of the grace that has been given us, therefore, as we've been filled up with it, now overflow that hope and that grace into others' lives. Uh, And so we've actually captured that each week in in a statement, uh, the book of Romans that Pastor Wayne has led us through, and I want to invite you to read that with me uh, one last time as we conclude this series today, Uh, this understanding of what we have in the Christian faith in grace that we see throughout Romans. Read it together, declaring with me, whereas I have sinned, whereas I was lost eternally and separated from God in this life as a result of sin, 
whereas Jesus died for that sin, bringing the possibility of grace to me, whereas I live in that grace in this life, and whereas that grace will cover me all the way to heaven. Therefore, I will love others by extending a similar grace to them in regards to how I will view and treat them. That that is the book of Romans in a statement. Uh, And to illustrate just one more way, uh, again, that verse, uh, if you could say that this pitcher of water represents God's grace that has been poured out on us through Jesus Christ, that the understanding of what we're doing, that as, if this is us in the room today, that as, as we have been filled up with God's grace, we want that to be filled up in such a natural way that we naturally then overflow that grace into others' lives. I may have practiced that like 17 times. (laughs) And so that's the message of Romans, that as we have been filled up with grace, may we continue to be filled up with it, that we might naturally overflow it into others' lives. And so as we conclude this today, what we want to do is just give you some real practical handles on how to do this moving forward. How do we both uh, extend that grace now that we've been informed and and grown in it and and firmed up in that grace over the last uh, six weeks? How do we extend that grace? And then also how do we, even as we move out of this particular topic, continue to put into practice the things in our lives that keep us filled up in that grace? And to help us answer that, actually the last two chapters of Romans, chapter 15 and 16, speak specifically to that. And so we're going to continue on as we look again. How do we overflow that grace and stay filled up ourselves? Uh, Continuing on from verse 13 with verse 14 in chapter 15. So I invite you to follow along with me. Okay, the Apostle Paul says, he says, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that You yourselves are full of goodness. You are filled with knowledge, and you are competent to instruct one another. In other words, what Paul is saying is, essentially, you are more ready than you think to share and to overflow grace into other people's lives. Because that's what scares us, this idea that we would have to share our faith with someone else. But Paul says, you have the knowledge, you have the competency to share your faith with other people when that opportunity arises. Because, frankly, of what Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, that whenever we are in a position to have to share our faith or talk about our faith or invite somebody, that Jesus says that God's Holy Spirit will actually give you the words to say in those settings. That's what it says. He will give us the words in faith to share words about our faith to other people. And so you are more ready to do this than you think. Verse 15. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some of these points to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. All right, so real quick. A Gentile, uh, in this context, would have been anyone who was not Jewish, anyone who uh, would not be a part of having a relationship with God uh, prior to Jesus Christ. But now, 
post-Jesus, through Jesus Christ, grace is available to all people. And so Paul, when he says Gentile, he's talking about sharing faith. He's talking about anyone uh, who you could say is far from God. A Gentile would be anyone who is far from God, who does not yet have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Okay, so verse 15. Again, so that's for us. So because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, he gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel, this good news, proclaiming the good news of God so that the Gentiles, anyone far from God, might become an offering acceptable to God and sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And so what Paul's doing here is he's writing about how he's writing boldly to us that we might boldly, quote, proclaim the gospel of God so that the Gentiles and anyone who is far from God might have the opportunity to discover what many of us have discovered, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So with that, I want to jump down uh, to verse 20, if you can do that. And so with that understanding, he says this. He says, it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see and those who have not heard will understand. And so with that goal, uh, it's where we get very, very practical and specific for us here this morning. Um, in that as we recognize that grace has again been poured into us and we now have the opportunity and the responsibility and the calling to pour that into others' lives, we want to, as again, have this um, opportunity as a congregation to reach our community. If you've been around, we've called that vision 10. That God has called us to reach 10% of our community uh, over the next 10 years. To, to use Paul's language, to quote, our ambition is to preach the gospel where Christ is not known in our community. Um, and if we're really honest, actually, we have to say it's now, as of this week, actually nine. Uh, I mean, we're still reaching 10% of our community, but now in nine years. It was one year ago this week that we, um, that we began this as a congregation. So I don't know if we changed the name. We didn't think that far ahead. I, just maybe stick with 10, I guess. Um, but be encouraged uh, and get excited. This week is really the culmination of uh, many plans and preparations and prayers for what God has been calling us to do to impact our community, of which um, Lori has already begun to bring to your attention, but I want to do it again because it's, it's really part of the message. So if you would um, grab that oversized piece of cardstock uh, that's in your program one more time, I want to re reference it a little bit more. Um, and as you see these cards on the screen, you might remember that first one on the bottom left, uh, that as 10 is not just this um, amorphous idea, but it's very much what we are committed to do. And so we said we are going to pray for two people or two families for 10, who are two people that God is calling me to pray for, to invest in, and then given the opportunity, invite into a journey of faith or invite to a particular event. And so um, this Wednesday night is... Um, an event perfectly designed uh, not for you. Uh, and I say that tongue-in-cheek. We say it a lot because really it's perfectly designed for you to invite someone who is unchurched, who does not have a relationship uh, with God in Jesus Christ. Uh, because as great as it is that these guys are going to do the same stuff that got them several rounds in America's Got Talent, what we are most excited about is the fact that they are going to share that how in their own lives they were once far from God and what God has done in their lives 
uh, to pour grace into them. And then as a result, they're, going to, they're coming here to pour that grace into everyone and to anyone who would be present to have that same opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord in their lives. And so that's what we're excited about. And so, um, again, we encourage you to use this to invite someone, um, you know, that neighbor, coworker, uh, friend, family member. Um, as we are making plans and preparations for uh, 2,000 people to be on our property uh, for this event. And it's interesting. Some have said, like, that's a lot of people. Um, that's a pretty big goal. Uh, and, and so they kind of like, so what are you doing to get that many people? Are you, you know, are you, are you promoting it, like, on WBGL and stuff like that? Um, to which, if you're unfamiliar, uh, WBGL is actually our Christian radio station uh, in town. Great ministry. Uh, we've partnered with them on several projects. Very thankful for what they do in our community. Uh, but to the question, are you guys promoting this on WBGL? Uh, the answer is no. No, we are not promoting it on Christian radio. Uh, now let me tell you why. Who typically listens to Christian radio? Those far from God or those who are already Christians. And so again, using the words of Paul, look again at verse 20. It has always been our ambition to preach the gospel where Christ is not known. So that we're not trying to build on someone else's foundation. Rather, it is written, those who have not been told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. Listen, the goal of this church of 10, the mission that God has called us to, is not to see who can get the most Christians gathered together for Christian entertainment. He has called us to, verse 20, to preach the gospel where Christ is not known, verse 21, so that those who have not heard about him or have been told about him will see and those who have not heard will understand. That is what God has called us to as a church. That's what God has called us to specifically together on Wednesday night. Uh, and that is equally true of the flip side of that card where it says room for doubt. Uh, you've seen the billboards. You've seen the yard signs. You've got more flyers than you know what to do with. Um, and this it culminates this week. As much as, again, as Lori was painting, we are excited that this will build up our own faith. You know, the tough questions that we want a better response to, as it says in First Peter, have a reason for the hope that you have. That's going to do that among us. But more importantly, the leading edge of this, and, the lead, and again, the WBGL thing, we are all for working with other churches. As Lori said, we're so pumped that 24 other churches in our community are rallying around this same thing so that together we can make an impact on our community. So as the churches, as one church, as we say, all pitching for the same coach, can pour that grace into those who do not know of its lives. And so... Yes, it's going to be, uh, you could say, a place or a, you know, where people can have room for doubt. They can have uh, room for cognitive and space for cognitive doubts. Um, but really, I, I like to liken this to a pun that really we want more than just cognitive room, but we want this room, this physical space to be a room that's the safest place for people to come and to interact and engage with tough questions about the Christian faith. And not just in this room, uh, but in the small group rooms throughout uh, those who will take place in our church. And again, even more so, all the auditoriums and sanctuaries and rooms with all the other churches involved. We're excited that God is doing something in a 
era where cognitively there are more resistance than ever to the things of faith of what God's going to do in this. And so the most practical thing uh, to, to really give you in this sermon is to give you this to give to somebody else. And you might be like, man, this sermon sounds more like an announcement than it does a sermon. Um, you're right, it does, because we are committed to doing what we preach and preaching what we do. They go hand in hand, and so we are committed to doing what um, God's word calls us to do in that. So with that, may we, as it says in Romans 15, 13, out of the grace, out of the joy, out of the peace that has filled us up, now we might go and overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit, not our own strength, to those who know not of it. And so the simple question is, who are you handing this to? Who are you inviting both Wednesday and this weekend? Recognizing, again, I don't want to glaze by that this isn't a little awkward. Um, you know, Pastor Jonathan and I were joking last night. It's like kind of like asking a girl uh, out to a junior high dance. It's like, uh, we got this thing at church uh, that you might want to come. Well, you probably don't want to come, so that's all right. You know, don't worry about it. But if you, if you do want to come, I've got this card. And so uh, just, here you go. I need that back. <laughs> Thank you. And so it is a little awkward, but again, we stand firm, not in our strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he's going to do. We are supposed to plant and water seeds, it says in 1 Corinthians, uh, but it is God that grows hearts and changes hearts. So we're going to trust him with the rest. All right. So that is how we can overflow grace into our neighbor, our coworker, our friend, our family member's life this week. All right. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing that Romans closes out with, uh, not only do we need to overflow grace, but how do we, that we might be able to overflow that grace, how do we stay filled up? How do we make sure that we stay filled up with the grace that God has poured into us? And so for that answer, I will invite you to turn over to Romans 16 that gives us a pretty strong clue as to how that works. Right, so that's Romans 16, starting in verse 1. Paul closes out his letter to the Romans, the church in Rome, this way. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church at Centuria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need. For she has been a benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apellus, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristopolis. So if anyone's looking for baby names. <laughs> Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa. Anyone having twins? Those women who work hard in the Lord, greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been like a mother to me. Greet Astrochid Titus, 
I said a bad word last night doing that. Uh, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, you get the point. <laughs> okay, so I may or may not have actually listened to an audio Bible to try not to do what I just did. <laughs> Messing up all those names. So I need to practice more, apparently. So here's the point. When we read these lists that we tend to want to glaze over when we're doing our Bible reading, uh, let me tell you what you don't see in that list. You don't see a list of programs and events and strategies and vision statements. What you see is a list of names, which paints to a list of relationships with all kinds of context, like the fellow workers in Christ, was like a mother to me. You see, this is why we as a church, um, regardless of the size of a church, will always be committed to going against the grain of largeness by getting small again, by doing life together in things like our Grow Together small groups and our Grow Together Sunday morning classes. It is the means. You'll hear about programs, but the program is never the goal. The event is never the goal. It's not the end in of itself. It is a means to an end. It is a means to, Romans 15, 13, having a space where we are consistently and constantly being filled up by relationships with one another that fill our ultimate relationship with Jesus Christ. It's living out what it says um, and making sure of the warnings of it says in Hebrews chapter 3. It says this when it comes to our faith. Uh, and, and doing life together. It says, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. All right, so let me tell you how that first sentence does not happen. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says to themselves, I wonder if today I'm going to be a follower of Jesus or maybe go with an unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. No one wakes up and makes that decision. But what does happen is slowly eroding over time when we are isolated from Christian relationships that encourage our relationship with God, we find ourselves slipping down the slippery slope. So instead... We are encouraged, verse 13. Instead, encourage one another daily. Do this as long as it is called today. This is kind of a funny play on words. It's like, okay, which day do I need to be in relationship with other Christians that encourage my ultimate relationship with God? Um, how about today? Okay, what about tomorrow? Well, will tomorrow be called today? Well, that'd be a good day for it too. Um, in other words, regularly regularly make a part of the fabric of your life being in encouraging Christian relationships so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness, that you don't develop an unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. And so instead, Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, consider then how you might instead spur one another on toward love and toward good deeds by not giving up not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but instead encourage one another 
and all the more as you see the day, capital D meaning the day that Jesus returns again, all the more as you see that day approaching. The writer of Hebrews says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, meaning this is really, really easy to let happen. This is very easy to forsake. It's very easy to fool ourselves week after week, month after month, year after year, sitting shoulder to shoulder next to each other in rows, all facing the same direction, listening to someone on stage talk and convince ourselves that this is doing life together. You see, Jesus gave us the church so that we would be able to do life together and pour into one another's lives. Without being poured into relationally, we will um, run dry on that grace. To to illustrate this a little bit, um, how many in the room, uh, you'd be proud to say you are a Fruity Pebbles fan? Oh man, Rhino, right there, I love it. Big hand go up. All right, a few of you. All right, for those of you who are unfamiliar, Fruity Pebbles is a breakfast cereal. Um, Or if some of you, if you're like me, Fruity Pebbles is a breakfast, lunch, dinner, or any time is ever great for Fruity Pebbles cereal. So I don't know where you stand on that continuum. Um, But I'm convinced that like, even if I was like in the time of Moses having to wander in the desert and manna from heaven came down in the version of um, Fruity Pebbles, I could do that for 40 years. (laughs) True story, growing up, when I'm one of three brothers, and when my mother would bring home a box of Fruity Pebbles, the first order of business is she would have to open the box and equally distribute the Fruity Pebbles between three equally sized Ziploc bags um, in order to prevent a like Cain and Abel altercation in our household. (laughs) We love our Fruity Pebbles. Um, And so if you're not familiar with Fruity Pebbles, as I clearly am, um, it's one of those cereals that has like a lot of really tiny morsels that uh, by the end of your experience, you can't actually get every Fruity Pebble on the spoon. And so you kind of give up with a couple dozen left and you just drink it. Uh, But you don't get it all. You drink the milk, you know. And so you look and then smushed up against the side of the bowl are, you know, a couple dozen, you know, colorful rainbow Fruity Pebbles. And here's what I've learned. That... If you don't rinse that bowl out immediately, what was once manna from heaven quickly becomes little tiny slabs of concrete, uh, like actual pebbles that takes a jackhammer to get off the side of the bowl. There is a point. When we fail to continue to hydrate ourselves with the grace of God through Christian relationships that encourage that ultimate relationship with God, what was once a wonderful gift of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, will become dried up, crusty, and no good to you or to anyone else. We have to continue to do what Romans 15, 13 says, that we would fill one another up by the fill of joy, grace, and peace that is in our lives. That we would, Hebrews 10.25, not give up meeting together. Do not let this deep well of grace run dry, but instead encourage one another all the more as we see that day approaching. Okay, Um, That's what the church is. Jesus Christ gave us the church to be that grace that overflows into one another's lives. And so 
Simply put, if you are not already uh, involved in doing life together in some sort of group in the life of this church, that is your next step uh, in your walk with Christ. And uh, a great way to do that is starting here in the next couple weeks. We are going to be launching these Room for Doubt groups. Uh, And so you can jump into one of those, uh, a new group, by filling out this uh, insert in your program and dropping it off at the Welcome Center. Um, Or if um, you have your smartphone and you're not on Facebook, you can slide over to... um, what is this? Uh, firstdecatororg slash room for doubt, and you can sign up there as well. And again, we recognize, just like with inviting someone, this is, this is actually a little step of faith. It's a little bit of like social faith for those particularly like me who actually are introverts. And the idea of meeting new people is just not what is always that exciting. So I'm not going to say it's a big step of faith because that's a little over the top, but it is a little step of faith to step into a group of people you may or may not know, sit in a circle in a living room, and see what God would do through our doubts and our questions uh, beyond that. And, you know, I've, some of you have been in small groups, and I've heard, you know, some, you know, you know I've been, it, you know, there's always like this weird person in the group. <laughs> of course there is. It's people, it's church, it's life together. We're talking about grace. So extend some grace to that weird person. Uh, In fact, you might be sitting there and like, well, I'm in a small group and there's no weird people in my group. Just, just to put a little flesh and blood around this for you as it's played out in my life. Uh, on the screen uh, is a picture of four dads, uh, representative of the first small group that I was a part of uh, many years ago, who we all started off with no kids. Within a couple years, we each had uh, baby girls, which then turned into not-so-baby girls, uh, which uh, then turned into this. Holy buckets, that's a lot of human beings on a couch. <laughs> and so for us, uh, it's cool. They're getting to those little babies. are not the age where uh, the fifth one from the right, Emma there, she was uh, actually baptized uh, last weekend. And then uh, I think 27th to the right. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually second from the left, uh, Ryan there, here in about five minutes actually. Uh, he, uh, his dad, Nate, and I, are going to be up there baptizing him. And so this is just one of dozens and dozens of stories of the result of families and lives, uh, again, pouring into one another, building relationships that encourage our ultimate relationship with the Lord, that keep us filled up with that grace that we might not become dried up, turning away from the living God. And so may we, again, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you then might naturally overflow, overflow into your kids, your friends' kids, your family, your neighbor, your coworkers with the hope and the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so let's pray together asking God's Holy Spirit to do just that in us. Father, we pray, recognizing that it is your power that does this within us. 
And so we ask where there's fear uh, to hand out that card, where there's some fear about stepping into a group and we're figuring out time and commitments and all that's going on in life. May we put first what matters most, our relationship with you, recognizing that you've given us the church um, to build those relationships uh, that build our ultimate relationship with you. Would you give us courage um, to step out that as we are filled up in your grace, we would then overflow it into others' lives. It's in Jesus' name we ask this of you. And if you agree with that prayer, say amen. Amen. Amen.